Thank you for joining us for Vibing Out Loud. Join us every first Thursday for our Vibe Young Adult service at Christian Life Center in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where we experience God, connect together, grow, serve, and impact our world. If you're not following us on social media, please feel free to follow us at VibeCLC on Facebook and Twitter and at Vibe.CLC on Instagram. And please feel free to like, share, and submit your questions to our Vibe Instagram pertaining to the topics. Thanks for vibing with us. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to our first Vibe Out Loud podcast. You know, today we're going to be going over the different topics that we kind of went over in the last Vibe service. Um, today we have with us, you know, you know, Reggie, you know, Reggie, go ahead and say what's up. Hello. All right, we have Fab as well. Go ahead and say what's up, Fabius. What it do. Okay, and then we have joining us this week is Emma, all the way from North Carolina, you know what I'm saying? Turn it up. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, so, you know, there was a couple questions, a couple things that, that I felt like, you know, were topics that we could have went over, you know what I'm saying, from the vibe night, just so that, just so that we could dive a little bit deeper into it is kind of things that kind of hit home for me. Um, the first question I have for the group is, or just to go over is, you know, we were talking about focus and Amanda was talking about how, you know, the, the cliche thing is, oh, I'm just focusing on God right now. Um, and how we feel like, you know, we should focus on God more than just right now and in just one season of our life. So, you know, I just wanted to ask, you know, I just want to go over, you know, when do we focus on God the most? You know, in what seasons of, of, of our lives do we focus on God the most? Um... I would say that we focus on God the most once we go through something. I think um, a lot of times it takes rock bottom to actually let you get to that point of vulnerability for God. You, a lot of times you feel like you're, you just got everything going for you, so you just you don't need God. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like a lot of people, when they get to that point where they're only just focusing on God right now, it's because they just went through something. I think another season where people actually focus on God the most is when they want something. Um, they, you know, it's... It, it's unfortunate but you know when they want that new job when they want that new car when they want that house um when they want that relationship that's when they go into their little prayer closet and start going in they want to fast they want to do all these things to get what it is that they want um and then they put them away you know they put god away they put that bible away they put those those things away <clears throat> after they got what they wanted so i think that's another season when you know us young adults try to go um so i think it's of funny because it went from you know super early to super in the middle just like finding God but I think it will finally click at some point um at some point you realize that you know you've devoted yourself more to dirt so many times and you've screwed up so many times and you keep going back it's like an, it's an X or something like that it's like oh I won't go back and you do and it's better or something like that and that's how we treat God but then it clicks and it's finally like you're, you're broken you're battered you're bruised and he heals you at your weakest moment it's like I'm never leaving and that's, you know, I think when we finally decide, like there isn't, with God, it doesn't have to be seasons. I think we have to break that. Sometimes it doesn't have to be, oh, right now I'm focusing on God real hard. And then sometimes it's like, man, I haven't heard his voice in a while. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be this kind of camp high feel, this kind of, oh, I'm going in a real good season right now. I'm blessed and highly favored. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be a substantial, it can be something that keeps going up. It can be something that is constantly setting your soul on fire. It doesn't have to run out. And the moment you realize that is the moment he keeps blessing you. The moment, you know, you don't turn away in the face of evil. The moment that, you know, good things are happening, you know it's his. I think that's another season. There are people like that that are constantly running after God no matter what season. It doesn't have to be this or that. It can always be that you were running hard after God. Yeah, I think, um, I like what you said. Um, my question is that, um, as far as the seasons go, so do you feel like there are spiritual highs and spiritual lows in seasons? Like oh, seasons? yeah, for sure. I feel like there are spiritual highs and spiritual lows, but I think it, um, where are you? Um, are you at the feet of the cross or are you at your own feet? Are you, you know, where, where do you tend to turn? Because I can be just drowning in darkness, but I still know where to sit and I know where to sit at the feet of the cross. and I know that he's going to get me through it. You know, there's that scripture. It's like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you know, that's on the plan. Like, the valley of the shadow of death is the plan. Like, it's still there. Like, you know bad things are going to happen, and that can be considered spiritually low. But you're still not far away from God because he's, you know, so you're still with me. I'm still laying down in green pastures. Um, and I know that there are seasons like that. I walk through seasons like that all the time, but I still know where to find my God, and I still know where to sit. 
So you're saying it's more so not just about the condition of the season, but yeah. more so like the condition happiness, of your heart almost. Happiness is fleeting, but joy is eternal. Like happiness is going to go. Happiness is going to go all the time. Um, but joy in the Lord, that's eternal. And, you know, you can be going through hell, but you can still be happy on the inside because you know you're God, you're your father. Um, I definitely agree with that. I know there's been different walks and roads that I've walked through in life. And, you know, it's crazy every time that, that you know, a new person comes to God, they think that everything is going to be glitz and glamour and nothing is going to happen. But, you know, I've been through some roads that I never thought I would be through. And, and this was after coming, you know, I grew up in the church. I left the church for a while. And after coming out of the world, I was like, all right, God, you know, everything is just going to be okay. And I feel like we forget that, you know, there's ups and downs to this journey, you know. Um, I, it even says, you know, in Romans that, that, you know, that as I suffered, you would suffer as well. And, you know, I took hold to that verse because, you know, I'll be speaking about it next week or in the growth group next week. But I took a hold of it because, you know, you got to realize that this walk is not going to be easy. There's always going to be a wilderness, and that's part of the process. Yeah. I, um, one of the biggest things I learned, um, I've been saved for a year. And what I learned was um, this thing is messy. Like, this is not cute. This is not clean lines. This is not an Instagram filter. This is not, like let's go get coffee kind of thing. This is like, I'm on the floor crying my face out. My hands are shaking. My room is a mess. My life is a mess. Those things, those times happen like that's without a doubt, but it's what you choose to do in that season. Are you going to fight the good fight? Are you not going to wave that flag? Are you going to keep marching because you know there are souls on the line? Um, I think that's a realization that we need to have, that this isn't meant to be pretty. And if you think that Christianity is going to be this you know, this beautiful, like, Instagram thing that we've made it into. That's not Christianity. That's not real. That's not real life. That's not attainable. But what is attainable and what's known is that you're human and you're supposed to be a mess and you're going to be a mess, but you have a father that isn't. So my question to you guys is what do you feel like focusing on God looks like? Because we talk about, like, for instance, the, the quote that says, you know, I'm just focusing on God right now. So like you said, like our lives can be messy. There's, there's spiritual high seasons, there's spiritual low seasons. So, but what does focusing on God really look like? What do you think? Um, I, think I think focusing on God, it, um, I think it looks like looking into a, I don't, I don't know how to fully explain it, you know, um, Especially recently, um, I've been, I think my focus on God has grown. I don't think there's a certain way to explain it. Um, I know you were talking about earlier, you know, how we run back to things and how we treat God like that and how, but those things still obtain focus in our life. You know, I think God still maintains focus. It's just what type of focus are you giving him? Is it, are you giving him your full focus or are you giving him like a piece of your focus? And I think that's where, I think that's where we, we get it confused. I think that's where it comes down to that we need to, to look into because, you know, you can give something a little focus. You know, I produce music. If I give my music a little focus, it'll never grow. But if I give my music all my focus, that means that in every avenue of my life, it's, it's bleeding music, it's breathing music. So, so that's where I feel like, you know, the focus has been for me as well. Yeah. I think focus, um, I think it's turning, not, focusing on God isn't, um, and it can be turned into this almost like a routine. Um, you know, you wake up, you pray. You, uh, you eat, you pray, you go to bed, you pray, you read your Bible in, your mor in the morning, and it's almost like a laundry list. And we can almost turn that into, I'm focusing on God, because we're checking those things off, but it's almost a matter of the heart. And it's walking every day and being like, I really struggle with this, Lord, but like I'm giving it to you. And I think that's focusing on God. Focusing on what God's going to do with it. Focusing on God, what's, what God's calling you to do with it, what God is telling you to do with it, where God's telling you to put it. And walking in those things and walking in obedience, I don't think it's a laundry list. I don't think it's, um, you know, that's a religion. That's not a relationship. I think when we turn um, turn to the religion part, it turns into the laundry list. And not that religion is bad, but it's like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do this. But when you turn it to a relationship, it's, I didn't wake up this morning and pray, and I'm feeling groggy. Like, I'm feeling angry. Like, I feel like the whole world is against me because I didn't lay these things down at my father's feet this morning. And I feel like that's what focusing on God looks like, being so in, so in tune with him, walking side by side with him, knowing his footsteps, leading you. That's what focusing on God looks like. You know, you could be walking through crap, but you can still see his footprints, and that's focusing. But if you're checking, if you're wake up, waking up in the morning and just doing it to check it off your list, I don't really feel like that's considered focusing on God. That's good. Um, for me, all those things that you said, but... Primarily, I know daily, um, I pray to be a reflection of God. Um, and I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. We're all human. 
Um, but I know daily I'm asking him, one, to help me be a reflection of you. So that's in my attitude and how I speak to people, um, how I look at people, how I carry myself. Um, also, it's just asking him to show me himself. I want to feel your presence. I want to hear you. Um, show me you in someone else. Um, I think that's what it means to, to really focus on him, too. It's like it's a mindset at the end of the day. So once you get your mind set on this is how I want to walk. This is what I want to do. And I know I'm going to come across some challenges throughout my days, hours, minutes, or whatever. Um, you want to constantly just know that you want to be a reflection of him. And it's not going to be easy. If you're called to this walk, we already know already that it's going to be hard as ever. Um, and we're going to be surrounded by people that are living certain lives and, and doing certain things that we used to do or we wish we could still do, but we can't do. And, and we're battling between the flesh and the spirit, um, but just knowing like who we are in Christ is going to just keep us focused on him. Yeah, I like what you said there because what you, you're talking about something that's independent of your, your circumstances. And I think like that, like we, we said, that that quote, it really hits on the fact that we're, it's in a point of our life where we want to focus on God now because circumstances have changed me this way. But if circumstances can get you in there, circumstances can get you out. Um, there's a lot of people that hit rock bottom and it turns them to God, but as soon as they get back on, on their feet, they leave yeah. God. So I think focusing on God is something, like even in my, my life recently, I've had certain circumstances going on, and even in the emotion of what's going on, I still turn to God and say, God, I thank you for my life in that moment. And it's not because to, to ignore what's going on or to, to belittle what's going on. I, I understand the, 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 the magnitude of what's going on. It's just that despite that, I understand that God's good. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So when, when I have money, God's good. When I don't have money, God's good. So it's, if I understand that, and I understand that God's my, my I think it's sustenance, if I understand that God's my sustenance, then regards to the circumstances, like you said, I'm going to be focused on God. There's going to be times where I'm going to be spiritually high. I'm not, I'm not falling for certain sins. I'm still looking at God like, God, you're good. And there's going to be times where I'm spiritually low, and I'm battling with sin every day. And even when I'm battling with my sin, I still go to God and tell him that he's good. You see what I'm saying? Just because I feel like I'm a sinner doesn't mean that God isn't, that doesn't change the fact that God still loves me. So I think focusing on God, a lot of times we can especially when it comes to sin, we can abandon that whole relationship with God because we feel ashamed of, of, of being in his presence. But I think it's in those moments, those are the best moments to experience his love because you can still come to him and understand that he died on the cross for you, you know what I'm saying? In that moment, knowing that what you just, you just did. So I feel like focusing on God is it's something that's deeper than circumstances, something that's deeper than seasons. It's something that focusing on God is how we're called to live. So I can't just be like, oh, I'm focusing on God right now. That should be my life, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Okay, um, so, so I guess my question the next is, how do we maintain focus? And, you know, in those areas where we feel like we're not focused on God, you know, what, what do we do? What are steps that we take to say, okay, well, God, you know, I've been a little off lately. You know, let me remain or refocus myself or, or change my focus, you know, to be fully focused on you. Um, I think for me personally, um, walking through this season of um, not being too prideful of or too oh, I'm up here, I'm, um, you know, full of all this pride, I can't admit my failures. I can't admit that I did this. I can't admit that I'm struggling with this. And I think the quicker that we get our things out there on the open, um, it's like, oh, God, I am struggling with this. Here you go. And not being quick to hide those things. I think it's more when you're just like, okay, I slipped up. Here you go. I give it to you. I surrender it to you. I don't want this. He's looking at your heart. He's not looking for perfectionism. He's looking for your heart. He's looking at okay, does she really mean this? You know, is she walking in this? Yes, she struggles with this. Yes, she's human. But is she surrendering it to me every single night? Um, because people can call it out in you all the time, but, you know, it takes a certain type of heart and it takes a certain moment in you to say, you know what, actually you're right. And I'm not even mad at you for saying that because I needed that because I knew that's exactly what I needed to hear and then giving it straight to him. I got to get this off my chest. Okay, so then I want to ask, how do you know or how do you really surrender what it is that you're struggling with? Because I know, and I'm not judging nobody because, you know, I'm just me. Um, and I can probably say in my mind, I've done this and never really walked to the altar. But those people who go to the altar every Sunday and they're confessing their sins and they're saying, oh, Lord, forgive me, I give this all to you. And then they, they leave and then they go, they go back and do it again. And then they come back to the, so every Sunday it's like I'm being washed, as le at least that's probably what they're thinking. I'm being washed clean. God's forgiven me. I'm a new person. And they go back. You know, so how do you know that you're really surrendering or giving what it is that you're struggling with to God, but then you constantly, you're asking for forgiveness every Sunday? I think it's, 
Well, yeah, I definitely know for, for young adults, it's definitely a struggle. Um, I just think it's because, you know, nothing against young adults. I think young adults don't really, we don't really know what repentance is. We don't know what true repentance is. You know, there's a difference between asking for forgiveness and for repenting, you know. Yeah. When the, when the Bible talks about repentance, it's, it's you leave it at the altar and you, you stray away from that completely. You know, when you ask somebody for forgiveness, you know, even when we're in a relationship, when you ask your partner for forgiveness or something like that, you ask for forgiveness, you may slip up again. That's forgiveness. And you know what I'm saying? There's still grace in that, in that situation. God will still have grace. But we're talking about repentance. You have to go to the altar and repent. If you're struggling in a sin, you have to go up there and leave it. And I'm not going to say it's easy because, you know, I'm a young adult as well. And there's a lot of things that I've been going through, especially recently in my life, that it's hard. It's hard to just give it all to God because it's like, well, God, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still hurting in my situation because of this. And... And I just think that we have to. I lost my train of thought, but you know, <laughs> all right. I, I just want to. I just want to piggyback that. Um, what you said is good. I love what you said. Um, I just want to add that. Um, I think that sometimes we can over spiritualize things like repentance. Um, I think that you know a lot of times people go to the altar and they feel like it's just an emotional moment where it's just like God, I give you my all, and now you just you just took all my sin from me, and right. and I'm just this perfect angel and. And then we go back, and like you said, and we, we step outside, and then the sun hits us, and flesh hits you again. You see what I'm saying? Well, and you think, fall again. I think that's so, a matter of knowing God and knowing his character. And it's like, okay, God, and like, how do we know that that person didn't feel that way in those moments? Because I know I have. I've known 100%. I've had that moment at an altar, given everything to him, completely rocked my world, went out and partied after. Like, 100% know that. But the thing is, I did not know the Father. And it's a matter of knowing him, knowing his goodness, and knowing that, you know, when you cry, he cries. And knowing that you don't want to break his heart anymore. And knowing how much he loves you and wanting to run after that. And it's a daily desperation and knowing that you have to keep that desperation because that person that's giving everything up on Sunday, I don't think it's a matter that they know surrender. I think it's a matter that they don't know desperation and that they know that that can keep them full, that it's a daily coming to the well. It's not, oh, you don't eat a meal once a day or every couple of days and think that you're going to be full for the rest of the month. You know, you eat every single day. You know, you have to go to God every single day. So that person on Sunday, you know, they might feel that way, but it's knowing every single day they have to, they have to give it just like that. And it's just a matter of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Because um, I know, I, like, like you said, like, I've been there. And I think what it is is that we have to advance that, like that, that spiritual and that emotional moment, we have to advance that. Um, if, I, if I could use an example, if, if I waste away all my money and then it gets to a point where I'm broke, my kids can't eat, my wife can't eat, I can't eat. There's going to be an emotional moment that says, I want to turn from this. But it takes practical steps to actually start saving yeah. up money, get a job, do proper investments. You know what I'm saying? So I think we have to transfer that and advance that emotional, spiritual moment because I've been there. It's, 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 every, it's, a, it's, a, it's a consistent pro, it's a process where you give God your all, like I said. But from there, you have to decide after you get out of that moment, when you're back in your regular, your, your regular um, uh, mindset, your regular you know, state of, 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 of mind, and you have to say, you know, God, how am I going to avoid this? Let me start deleting some numbers if that's your issue. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me start staying away from certain people. If that, so I think we have to advance that, that spiritual and emotional moment into actual steps. We can't go every Sunday and expect for God to just change you because you were at the altar on your knees. Yeah, we have to advance it. Without, without putting yeah, steps and without being... He wants to see you progress. He wants exactly. to see your desperation. He wants to see, okay, they gave it to me at the altar. Now they're going to go to life groups. Now they're going to volunteer in a ministry. Now they're going to delete those numbers. Now they're not going to go to a party. It's like... You know, God can, God's going to give, 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 but he's, you know, he's going to knock on the door, but you got to answer. You know, you got to keep going. You've got to run the race. Like, you can't just expect him to just keep giving you this full. And the good, the, the amazing thing is he is, um, and he's that good, and he's going to keep saving you on Sunday. But he, you know, if you're not wanting for him more, it's just not going to happen. You have to be willing to serve. You have to be willing to give a lot up. I think that's the thing that we think. We think we can have our cake and eat it too. We think, you know, we can put our um, our favorite verse on our Instagram bio and think that's enough, you know, and go out and party on, you know, Saturday and go to church on Sunday and think we're fine and good. But it's not like that. And that's not what this is. This is a daily surrender. This is not fun. This is not easy. I mean, but it is fun. <laughs> but it gets easier. It gets, you know, giving things up. It's not giving things up anymore. It's getting better. Okay. Um, I definitely agree as well. Um, so, so, so why is it so hard, I guess? Why do we feel like it's so hard to, to let go of sin and like those things in our lives? Why don't we put steps in process? Because I know that 
you know, I know I've heard this before. We talk about guardrails and we talk about all these things at church. And we talk all this church lingo and this, and then we go out to this world and it's, it's, we can't, like, I don't, I don't want to say we can't, but we don't, you know what I'm saying? So, so why do you feel like that we don't put guardrails in place and that we don't actually attack the problem at the head? I'm going to keep it short. Uh, like I said earlier, in my personal opinions, I feel like we over-spiritualize things. Um, I feel like we make it something that God's going to do for us rather than we have to do for God. Um, I think, like I said, if I'm hungry, if I need to eat, if I ain't got no money, I need to save. I need to put a plan in action. We don't look at it that way. We look at, you know, God save me, God save me. But after you ask for that forgiveness, he gives it to you. Put the work in. Put the work in. You know what you got to do to if it, whatever, whatever sin it is, whatever condition that you keep falling into, you know what you have to do to do, you know what I'm saying? So put the work in. So I think it's just, we look at it. We look at it a little twisted. Um, I think we have to look at it as something that we need to do as well. No, um, the question was, why do we hold on to sin? Yeah, pretty much. Why do we hold on to the, like, the sin we play, that, that we we're going through? Like, huh? play, while we play, like, tug of war with sin? Yeah. Basically. Um, I think, especially for those who are coming out of the world, right? Say, for instance, you just now come out of the world and you found Christ and you're just like, I'm going to give it all to him. Like, when you've been consumed in a life or a lifestyle, that was your comfort zone. Um, and I think a lot of times when people, especially when they get weak, they revert back to their comfort zone. They revert back to what they're used to, what they know, what they're familiar with. Um, coming into this life, this journey of walking, like being Christ-like, it's uncomfortable. It's not familiar. It's foreign to them. Oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. Or why can't I do this? And then they want to question everything because I was there. Like, why can't I do that? Like, why can't I go there? Like, I listen to gospel and wait, but... I could go to the, I like to dance. Like, why can't I, I can't listen to secular music. Why? So you start to question everything. Why? Because it's, it's not familiar to you. It's uncommon. It's foreign. It's, I'm not used to this. And I enjoyed that. You know, it's like feeding your flesh, just like people that's on drugs, like they enjoy that high. Um, and then when you pull it away from them, they go through like this withdrawal. They don't like that feeling. They hate the feeling, honestly. And I think that's what it is. So people tend to hold on to sin because it's comfortable for them. And to be in a position where you're uncomfortable, it's like you, sometimes you're just pulled back to be into that, in that space of comfortability. So I think once you get into a place where, or get to a place where you're okay with being uncomfortable, you're okay with being different, you're okay with standing out, you're okay with not being the norm, because that's what we're surrounded by, um, then you'll, you'll get better at detaching yourself from what you were so comfortable with, whether it's drinking, smoking, um, fornication, or whatever the case is. You just got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that um, really, and it's kind of silly, but we really care too much about what other people think, especially young adults. And in that scene of like, I'm going to be walking away from all these people I know. I'm going to be walking away from a relationship. I'm going to be walking away from my friends that I've known forever. And we've been doing this forever. And, you know, he knows my mom and we know we do this. And they come to my house for dinner and we're brothers, we're this, we're that. And it's almost like you have built all these ties and you keep tying things back up with chains he's broken already, you know? And it's like we feel like we can't step out. We feel like we have too many ties to this other world. And I think that's what's so appealing in that moment of, even at the altar about, you know, now you have this altar moment, you walk in the real world, the sun hits you, and you're like, oh, crap. Like, I still have, you know, your friends are blowing up your phone trying to talk, trying to get plans with you, and you're just like, I don't know what to do now. You know, you're living one foot in, you're living one foot out, and the thing is people. I think it's definitely the influence that people are having on other people, um, what we're saying, and it doesn't line up, and we're just like, well, I agree with this, but I agree with that, but this person's doing this, and I love this person. I don't really know what to say, and I think in a matter of that, it takes us stepping out and us wanting to change, and the uncomfortable thing, I really like that, it's not comfortable at first, but then you get used to being uncomfortable, then you get used to the fact that you're going to be changing things, but then you're going to see the fruit of that, and it's going to be far greater, you know, sin is appealing, you know, the devil, there's like a quote, and it's like, the devil isn't scary, he's not the super scary guy, he comes dressed in everything you've ever wanted, he gives you literally everything you've ever wanted, because he knows exactly what you're capable of when he's not feeding you, you know, and that's the thing that we have to realize is we're tying ourselves up with chains that were already broken by God. You know, we have, you know, the moment you give your life to God, you'll notice 
all those friends will come back to you. Those relationships will be hitting you up, promising you, like, we're going to be better. I mean it this time. Like, I promise it's going to be better. I'm not going to hurt you again. I promise, I promise, I promise all of this stuff. But the thing is, like, that, is that really fulfilling? Like, are you, in those moments, you have to ask yourself, like, are you, are you comfortable with the idea that your kids won't know Christ if you pursue this relationship? Like, are you comfortable with the idea of knowing that you're going to give yourself away more, one more time? You're going to get high one more time. You're going to do this. You're going to feel so much more broken. I feel like we're so used to this brokenness. Like, you don't know how much I've been hurt. You don't know this. You don't know that. And this is what I do. And these people feel the same. And we're all the same. And it's like, have you been in church? <laughs> like, do you not realize that we all feel the same way too? But now we're happier and we're fighting this together. And we're not in the broken down house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 definitely, I definitely agree with, with the last statement you said. Um, it just, because that's something I always try and tell people, you know, it, everybody that's outside of church, like friends I've had before I started going to church, things like that, I always try and explain to them that we forget that church's place is a place full of broken people, you know what I'm saying? We're all not perfect, you know, there's everybody going through different things in church at any given moment. So, you know, as I said, it all goes back to the focus is what you're going to focus on. Are you going to focus on the problem or the solution? So, so that's what I feel like it always comes down to. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Um, you had me thinking about a conversation I was just having with someone um, when it comes to like holding on to sin and how people can get so distracted um, in this world. Just distraction alone is like a, a really big deal. Um, and I was talking to somebody because I was feeling a certain kind of way, and they <laughs> and they said the reason why you're feeling like this is because you're still yoked to unequally yoked people. So then I was like, well. Um, if I cut off those people, um, then I will only have my church friends. And I said, and I won't be no good to them if that's the only people I surround myself with. If we're supposed to be messengers of hope, like we have to be around those people that are not, you know, in the church, that are not saved. So then I'm sitting here like going back and forth with them like, but wait, I have to be around them because I have to be that, that example. But then on the flip side... They're also, they have influential tendencies, even by me just watching them or seeing them, revert me back to thinking about things I used to do or things that they're doing or they're going to do, and I don't want to do it. Well, I do, but I, I don't. You know, so it, it's like that tug-of-war thing. Like, yeah, I do what I don't. Um, it's like that tug-of-war thing. So just surrounding yourself with just Christ-minded people, um, I think it's a good thing. But then when they say, you know, detach yourself from those influences, but then how am I supposed to bring them in? You know, like, so what, how do you guys, or what do you guys think about that? Um, one of my friends always says that um, she feels like sometimes God will remove people out of your life, strengthen you, and then he'll bring you back. I feel like um, with the journey as far as going from being saved and trying to live your life for, for the Lord, sometimes there's going to be a season where those friendships can really be, like disappear, and he might bring them back. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like um, and my, my personal opinion is that what's most important is your, your spiritual development. So like there's, when it, the way I explain it to one of my friends is that um, like it's like there's two sides and you're in the middle. If a lot of times that this person isn't necessarily bringing you back, they're just holding you where you are. So it's not that their tendencies are bringing you back into your old tendencies or anything like that, or they're influencing you in that, in that way, but they're holding you from being what you could be. Like if you're around more godly people, they'll probably be influencing you to fulfill some more of your purpose that, that, you, that you haven't fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? While these people are just making you consider going back. So it's not that you're actually going back, but you're staying, you're staying where you are. No, so yeah. I, think that, um, I think that, yeah, it's just, it's just about sometimes the seasons where it's like, I'm going to have to kick it in my life a little bit. Yeah, the thing is, you can't lead them until you're being led yourself. You know, in like relationships, like that's always the thing. I can't take care of you until I take care of myself. And you look at that with God, like you, I can't go out and lead my friends that are partying and doing all this stuff until I myself am 100% knowing that I'm not going to teeter-totter one foot in, one foot out, that I'm not going to look at that and like a little part of me is like, man, they're having so much fun. Like I can't be in that mindset and knowing that. And the moment you give those friendships up, God's going to give you an entire family. I mean, I know that's what he did for me. Like I had five friends and then I left and I got, gained a whole church, you know, and not having secular friends is good for seasons. And I think it's... It, um, sharpens you and it builds you it builds your character it builds who you are you're more out of the world 
And then you, when you go in the world, you're more of a light. They notice it more. They know that they can't tug at you that hard. Now they're going for you with your problems because you really cannot lead people until you know what you're leading them on. You cannot preach about a God you don't know. And if you're standing there trying to talk to people, like it's just not going to work. And they're going to sway you more than you could ever sway them. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, one of the first things I did when I actually came back to church, I actually actually stopped clubbing altogether. And I was a club promoter. That's what I did. I clubbed, you know, Sunday to Sunday. Now, <laughs> every day of the week. I'm sorry. So, yeah. So that's, that's what I used to do. And, you know, I remember, I remember it was crazy when, when I felt God called me. You know, I was actually in a club at the time. And the next day I actually sat down. <laughs> the next day I actually sat down in a, in a bar with my friends, and they all looked at me. They started ordering drinks, and I looked at them. I was like, you know, I'm not ordering any more drinks. I don't even want anything to drink tonight. And like, you know, immediately, what's wrong with you? This and that, whatever. And I was like, well, I feel like God's calling me to go back into church. Like, I don't feel like, you know, what I've been doing is correct for my life. And they laughed at me. And these are like cousins, friends. You like, like, I yeah, I love them to death till to this day. But they laugh, and I couldn't, I couldn't really blame them. I understood, you know, they're used to seeing me in this in a different light completely. So. So it was crazy to, to do that. And then like following that, I had to start distancing myself because, you know, what people don't get sometimes is, is, you know, they don't understand the walk you're going through. You know, they're not struggling with it, so they don't see it as your struggle. So what they see it as is, oh, you know, they're just not trying to do this. Well, I still want you to come because I used to have fun with you. And you're the funnest person to go out with, so I want you to come. Oh, yeah, you're Christian now? You go to church? Okay, go pray tomorrow morning. They're not seeing the importance of like staying out of that atmosphere. So... So I actually, actually cut off a couple of my friends. Well, I cut off a lot of my friends. And, and it was crazy. At first, they were mad. At first, people didn't get it. You know, at first, people were like, oh, you know, he thinks he's better than us. He thinks he's high and mighty when I'll never think those things of, of anybody. And it's crazy now how I see them start to come to church more. I see them looking at my life, and they're like, well, dang, I'm still going through these same things I was going through when Omar stopped doing this. And look at Omar now. He's a different place now in his life. And, you know, my life's not perfect at all, but... The little nonsense struggles, the, oh, you know, we're at the club, we're drunk, we're in an accident, or something happens that those little struggles that can be avoided by going to those atmospheres, I'm not going through anymore. And, and that's what they're starting to notice. So I always feel like those friends, you know, they're going to still see what you're doing. They still follow you on social networks. They still, they're going to still hit you up because they're going to miss you. They're going to be like, yo, how you been? Where you been at? So, so that's just my, you know what I'm saying, opinion. Um, I want to kind of flip screen a little bit because I know that that one thing Amanda referenced in in her in her um in her sermon, and I think was I think it's kind of something generic that we all say like, you know, we always talk about oh, well I'm gonna go into dating a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because we always talk about this. I feel like this is the the key place that this statement is used. Oh, I I need to focus on God right now. Um, I don't know necessarily ask this question, but <laughs> just ask. <laughs> so I just. I just want to know, like, do you feel like that's a right statement? Do you feel like, do you feel like, I don't know. The question is, like, about dating? Yes. Like, uh, not dating and saying, I feel like God is, yeah, do you, well, well, here's, here's, I'm just focusing on God right now. Let me clarify a little bit, because I see, I see the confusion. No, 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 I, I feel, I feel two ways about it. Um, I feel okay. like God can call, definitely call you into a season of, hey, um, for a year or so, he could like he can literally give you a number and be like, you're not dating. You're not doing this. Um, and I think that that is valid. God does crazy things. Why can't he say that? Um, but it becomes a, like a nuisance, annoying, um, something that shouldn't be said when you know you're talking to somebody every day and you're going out to lunch with them and you're leading this person on and then all of a sudden hold up i'm just going to focus on god right now like it, when it becomes an excuse when it you know That's you girls are always saying i'm going to do this whole 365 dating jesus thing and i'm always looking at them like wait hold up what are you going to do what are you going to do in the other 365 days what are you going to do when it's up not focus on god what are you going to do oh, who are you going to be then are you going to focus on him? Is he going to be your God? No. God should always be your God no matter what. God, if you're, re if you're dating somebody, God is still your God. That man is not your God and that girl is not your God. And they are not going to be able to heal you or anything. They're fighting with you. They better be fighting with you. They better be praying with you. They better have the same vision you do. But 
I don't think it's wrong to say, hey, I'm focusing on God right now. I think you need to be upfront with it. You need to be bold with it because that's what God is asking you to do. So don't go out and date. Don't go out and let somebody buy you whatever. You have to be straight up forward. You can't be texting people. You, if you really feel like God's calling you to focus on him right now, then you better walk in that. And don't be leading people on. And don't be texting people. And don't be calling people. And don't do that because then you have no ground to stand on. And also don't do the 365 days of Jesus dating because you shouldn't be dating Jesus. You're called to be his bride, not his dating partner. So... Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. It's two parts. It's like, (laughs) it's two parts to this. I think at the end of the day, the foundation, it should not be used as an excuse. Like, I've definitely, definitely, because I've been there before. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to try to make it seem like I haven't used that line before. I actually have. Um, And it's because, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you, and it wasn't no 365 trying to focus. No, it was like, mm. Yeah, I'm just trying to focus on God right now. Let me just go, like, because I didn't want to talk to them or I didn't want anything from them. But that was like an easy but button really instead of hurting their feelings. Like, it's just me and Jesus like, right oh, now. I'll focus on you now. You know, so, and I think, <laughs> and I, like I said, I think that comment is used as an excuse because you're, when should there ever be a time that you're not focused on God? There is, there should never be a time that you're not focused on Him. So I do definitely feel like that's an excuse to get out of something, not hurt nobody's feelings. Listen, you know, because I love God more than you know. I love God more than you. I used that before. I, I love God more than you. I mean, I just it's all about Him, and you should, right? So it's an excuse. Yeah. I think it should be, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really a place of your heart. Like if you're walking in it and you're living it out and it's a doctrine of your heart, like, man, I'm focusing on God and then God can reward you. And he's like, okay, now you can run. Now you can be with this person, but it is not an excuse. Right. And I also think, and on the flip side, when people are honestly going through that, because God has said, listen, I want you to just, I need you not to date. I need you not to talk to anybody. I need you to live a life where you just focused on me. If God says that to someone, <laughs> I think it's it's one of those um dang I lost my train of thought because of y'all boy. <laughs> hey don't <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. God can totally get you alone though. God can call you into those seasons like especially and just remind you that he's your bride that you're his bride. God can get you alone it's like I need to build you right now. It's like you could want a church and you could want to be a pastor but if you're not, you know, going through ministry school and if you're not getting prepared to be that, you're never going to be a good pastor. So if you're not being preparing and you're not really focusing on God and you're not learning how to be his bride, you're never going to learn how to be some random dude's bride, you know, if God's not getting you alone. But wait, so I was going to say this, the reason why. He just put us to the side for this whole whole topic. (laughs) So if God, so like I was saying, so if God has called you to a life of singleness, um, I believe it's because he's trying, he wants to mold you. He wants to mold your character. He wants to do certain things in you. And he's also trying to guard you from certain things because there's some things that we struggle with, women, men, whatever the case is. And he knows that if you start dating this person or if you start playing with fire or whatever the case is, you're going to fall. You're going to fall off. You're going to get off track. Um, and it's just not that season. So basically, you're not strong enough to do that. So that I feel like if God has called you to a life of singleness, it's because there's purpose behind it. He knows if you don't, mm-hmm. you're going to fall. You're going to have to start over again. You know, you're going to, you know, fall into yeah, that but rut. If you really are, but if you really are called to that life, like, it, if you feel like you're called to a life or a year or two or six months or whatever the number um, if you feel like that's what you're called to singleness um, and you're sitting next to, you know, the opposite sex and you're still texting the other, whatever, if you're still going after somebody, if you're still um, interested in this person, if you're still flirting, if you're still talking, if you're still whatever the word, um, then you're not walking obediently in what God's calling you to do. And you have no right to say, I'm just focusing on God right now because you're not. I definitely agree. And also, I think that I think that what it comes down to is that one year, right, we should always be focused on God regardless of the situation. I think that once we take our focus off is when we, like, do stuff like that, kind of, like, because we're not focused with God. Like, God is, you know, it's all about grace. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think God wants me to tell the next girl, oh, I'm just focused on God right now just to, to yeah, yeah, that, that's... You're nobody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of know. You ain't nobody. That's rude. Yeah, yeah, they know. And I, I also think, like, you're pretty, but I'd rather focus on God. Like, what, how, how can you, you know? <laughs> yeah, but 
I also think that it comes down to the fact that, you know, I don't, I'm be completely honest. I don't, I don't ever, I don't know about being called into a, like a single season. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Don't, 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 don't do me like that. God's going to call you into that's a single a, season tonight. That's a female thing. That's a, that's a woman thing. <laughs> no, that ain't no man thing. But honestly, I think some, yeah, I think it's a lot of girls. It's a lot of girls. The thing is also what you're saying, like God's not going to tell me to go up to this girl and say, hey, like God's calling me to your singleness. If God knows everything and if God, you know, knows all, if he's the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he knows who your future spouse is going to be, he's not going to put your future spouse in your life at this moment for you to walk up to them and say, please don't talk to me. I'm focusing on God right now. Like, he's not going to do that. He's not going to tempt you. God is not going to tempt you like that. Like, he's just not going to. He's not going to throw my future husband at me and say, now walk up to him and tell him swerve. Like, he's just not going to do that. He's going to be like, I'm going to hide him. He's going to see you. You're not going to see him. Walk obediently. And when you finish the race, here you go. But, but it, he's not going to make you, he's not the God of chaos. He's not going to make things confusing. He's not going to make you question why you're walking in a year or two or six or whatever you're doing. Yeah. He's not going to do that. No, I definitely agree with that as well. And also, I think that, I think that even when we do step into a relationship that, <clears throat> I think that sometimes, all right, here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to go back to what you said, Emma. I think get that, it, I, get it together. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> That sometimes we walk into situations and like we walk into we're we're we're, we're feeding the flame, you know, and that's why the approach is there. Because I know for guys, you know, there has to be an initial like some type of action that uh, that that says to us, okay, let's make some type of pursuit. Am I wrong? Am I wrong, Reggie? Let's like there has to be some type of the eye contact, eyes. some type of like there has to be <laughs> the, the there has to be <laughs> what is it? Buttered her eyes. There, there, there has to yeah. be some type of, because there has to be some type of attraction there. Like, I'm not just going to, we're talking about dating now. I'm not just going to walk up to you first day I meet you like, yo, you know what I'm saying? You trying to date? What's up? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if guys do that. There probably are guys that do, but I'm not one of those guys. So, and then also I think that once it gets to that point, it should, <laughs> it should be like, it should be, I think if you're going to get a relationship regardless, you know, you should be building that person. And I think that should be the conversation that should be had. It shouldn't be, oh, I'm just focusing on God right now. It's, you know what, I've always been focusing on God, but are you going to help me to continue to focus on God, or are you going to stray me away from that? And yeah. I think that's the question that, that both parties should always ask. Yes. Are we going to strengthen each other? We. Yeah, I think, um, I think, like we said, like, ignoring the fact that it could be a cop-out, because we already, we already <laughs> went in on that. We all know that could be a cop-out. But I think um, when, you genuinely, when you're genuinely in that season of, if y'all can see my hands, I'm quoting, focusing on God. Um, I think what it is, is it's more so you're focusing on you, I think, more than you are focusing on God. Because you're focusing on what God's doing in your life. You see what I'm saying? So, like you said, like you said before, we're always focused on God. Our life is about God. So, when you get to that season where you feel like, I'm focusing on God, no, no, you're, you're allowing God to work on you. So, I feel like, I feel like if, you, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling, the girls don't do that. If I go to a girl and I'm like, hey, I'm kind of feeling you, this, that, and the third, and she's like, you know, I just feel like, this is a time for me to focus on myself and what God's doing with me. I can respect that because what I can become is a distraction. You see what I'm saying? So if God's trying to take her and, and fulfill more purpose in her, then that's for her. I, I can't. You know what I'm saying? So I just think, like you said, outside of it being cop-out, I think it's a real thing. I think it'd be a real thing as far as you focusing on yourself and growing yourself because sometimes you're not ready, like you said. Okay. Um, okay, well, so um, another question I had is... Um, is so so do we pre-qualify people before we even walk into that atmosphere what do you mean by pre-qualify well okay i'm gonna say this more for like, women and i'm like, gonna turn we, around like the list while i like, i'm gonna turn it me and reggie go turn. like the list like this is what it needs to be like this is yeah 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 like is he there... needs to, he, yeah i don't think everybody has a list like i it's so horrible. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean our list is correct. Because I could have a list about my future and what I want to do, and then God's going to come in and be like, LOL. Exactly. Because exactly. you hear so I'm many stories finish. about girls, women that are married saying, when I first saw him, I did not like him at right. all. But now you know they're happy. I think... <laughs> Everybody has I think a list. everyone, the list is the same as preference. You know what you prefer. You know what you're attracted to. You know what, um, 
I almost said something. You know what you like and you know what you don't like. You know what you want. You know what you don't want. So that's very, that's the same as a list, right? Because you have your likes and your dislikes and you're not going to go out and want to be with somebody who completely does not like the things you like. Like if you want to go outside all the time and homeboy wants to stay inside in the dark all the time, you're not going to, you don't want to do that. You don't want to play that game. But I think um, when I'm thinking of what you're saying, like, do you have a list? I think I have more of a godly list than I have a flesh list. I have more of what I want him to be in God and who I want him to be in his prayer closet and who I want him to be as a man of God and his walk with God than I do like, oh, he needs to have this color hair and this color eyes and needs to have this job. That's not it. I think spiritually I have a list. Fleshly, not really anymore. Um, I think, yes, I, I will proceed. Um, let, me go back, let me go back this delicately. I like what you said earlier about preferences um, because like you said, is there such thing as lists? And y'all gonna judge me, but I feel like women always put out this list. It ain't real. The list is not real. The list is real. <laughs> I think. I think. I think the list is something. It's it's an ideal, but it ain't real. Now, when you, like when you said now, now this is the thing that I agree. I agree with you, Fabi. When you said about preferences, I think preferences in a list is a little bit different. Because when you we need to talk about a list, like a grocery list, I need to go in. I need to knock all these things off. Like I need. To, I need to get all these. You see what I'm saying? Uh, but preference is more of something where it's like that's something that's a feel a preference is a feel if i prefer like how can i say this if i see if i see two cars i i just feel something more for that car i like this car a little bit more than i like that car it's not even a list it's not that oh the grill is set here the tires are here the wheels are here but it's just i feel this car a little bit more so now women what we say how how Yes, because one might look better than the other. No, you, or one might a, drive faster than there's the a, other. There's, but there's a. It's a feel, though. It's not You're a list. You're just a magnet to what the color. Yes, that's what, okay. but that's what I'm saying. It is. That's what now. When you talk but they about both dating, drive just fine. Now, okay. Now, all right. Let me let me give let me put it in this perspective because you because <laughs> we cannot simplify things. We cannot simplify things to a list though because if what you want comes in a package that you don't like, you're not going to accept it. That's true. So you don't have a list, is what you're saying at all <laughs> nothing you've never thought i want her to be like listen you don't listen. have a list that's what you're that's what you're telling me. you've never you've never had a list before <laughs> i know you there, have a list there is preferences i don't have a list but you have there's not a list prefer. there's but things that have, i prefer but you have things, don't have those things and then you move on there's Correct? i mean there's there's baseline yes, there's, yes, there's, there's, no. there's there's pretty much like three baseline things pretty that's much mandatory that's mandatory yeah, she has to be a, god, a godly woman but there's oh, what I'm saying. That's one. I listen. Say the other two, y'all. He's I ain't gonna not say, other, going gonna say to the other two. two. Not, on, not, on, not on air. Listen. But what the point of what I'm saying is that if everything that you put on your list came in something that you don't like, you're not gonna like it. As much as you, as much as it's on your list, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Say that one more time. We're dissecting it. Okay. <laughs> if okay, because what's like for instance, what's on your let's let's what's oh, okay. on your list? Oh, the, like wait, pause. So you're saying what if? Someone comes and they have everything that we want, but don't look like what we wanted. Maybe they have all the qualities that we want, but they don't look like what we want. They're, they're we won't not, take not it. Your, they're not your preference. I think there's. That's not at all what, I'm, what we're saying. I think there there can be a difference between I somebody. I really feel like that's not. I feel like. Are you talking about looks? Like this is looks. No, it doesn't have to be looks. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. I'm, what I'm talking about is. If you prefer someone to look a certain way but they don't have the qualities that you have, then we won't want it. Then vice versa, if they have all the qualities that we want, but they don't look a certain way, then we won't want it. So you're saying we might prefer something, but if they don't have what we want on from our list, then we won't even. All right, let me, let me break it down simpler yeah, then. Break it down. As much as there's a list, it all starts with attraction. Yes. Sometimes. So, so I, 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 that's my opinion. I think it all starts with attraction. Well, then what about those who are at first, you're not attracted to them, but because you're spending time with them, whether it's in ministry or whatever the case is, then and you learn how they are, their personality, they become attractive to you. But initially, they weren't. Well, I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. Like you're supposed, yeah, I mean, that's how it's supposed to work. Like we're, we're you, you know, yeah. See, you're, you're saying you were. I feel like females have the longest list of life. Like. <laughs> And it's nobody, nobody, nobody ever, nobody ever meets the requirement. Like, you no be like, yo, does. he has to make this and amount, he has this. to drive this. And do you this. not think that we know this? Do you yes. not think that we 100% know? Okay, so you agree the list is bogus. We agree. 
We agree uh, that I the list is bogus. That those wait, wait, wait. Can we, can we say that again? Because I need everybody to know that. Reggie did not lose his heart. The list is bogus. Thank you. No, we're not going to say that the list is bogus. I think it depends. Like she said before, she has a spiritual list. She knows what she wants, the qualities that she wants in a man when she gets them. And, and like you said, you have the top three things. That's a baseline. <laughs> like you said, you have your three things. Like me, I'm not going to lie. I used to have a list. My list consisted of like over 50 things. Then, of course, from talking, to, I'm telling you, wait a minute, it wait was a crazy. I was pause, younger. Right no there? wisdom was said, in that. You said 50? It was like, yes, I know. It, let me go. This is the point. It was like over 50. I had a list of over 50 things that I wanted in a man. And then I realized as I got older and with wisdom, that's impossible. I was asking for Jesus. I was literally asking for Jesus. Um, and then <laughs> as I got older and wiser, my list went down to 20. Then I was like, that's still impossible. I'm still asking for I thought, Jesus. I thought you were still there today. I didn't no. want to say nothing. <laughs> Shh, over there. Pause on this side. But you got to also understand when you're in the world and you know what you're attracted to and you know what you want and the things that you've also been exposed to, you, and, and if you're in the world of dating, what they typically say is, you know, date so that you can pick and choose what it is that you like out of these different people. And then you typically create this ideal person. Why? Because you've been exposed to different people. So, you know, I like that out of him. Okay, it ain't work, but I like this out of him. Okay, that didn't work. I like this. Okay, so ideally the man that I want, I want those qualities out of the different people that I dated to be in this one man. And I know that's going to be the one. When we're in the world, that's typically what we want. So this list can be so long. Why? Because you're picking different qualities from different situations, whether it's on TV, I want them tall, I want them this, I want them that. But once you get into the word and you have wisdom, your list decreases of a great yeah, deal. And you have like exponentially, yes. And then you have like your top three. Number one should definitely be a follower of Christ. You want someone who's God-fearing. And you know that's number one and that's ideal. So when people ask me, what do you want? And somebody like, don't even expect me to say that because that's a given. But then you have your top three outside of being God-fearing and a lover of Christ. Then you should have like your top three. Why? Because there's nobody perfect. There's nobody that's going to have over a gazillion things that you want because that's just not, that's not what we, that's, yeah. no, it's just not. Awesome. <laughs> no, with that, 100%. Like before knowing Christ, yes, there was a list. 110%. I thought we were asking, does the list uh, it, does the list exist? Yeah, you go out on the street, you ask girls if they have a list, they'll show it to you. It's on their iPhone. Pull it right up because it's what we've been taught. You go out on dates and you pick something from this guy, you watch TV and you dream in your mind. But then you start getting in the Word and God's like, okay, this is what I need you to have. And this because you, this is what I need you to have because you're over here and you need someone that's going to pull you back down. So that needs to be on your list. Is he going to pull you back down? You're too shy. So you need someone who's going to help you achieve your dream. So you need this. And that is what you look for. That becomes your, not even your preferences, but a hundred percent need in your life. And that's not a list. That is a God given need and what you, and he does that. And I think when you know God, you know, you no longer need a list. Um, I have, I have. I have one question. Um, so, like, what do you, how can I say this? What do you feel like makes a good relationship? That's a tricky question. I mean, there's no <clears throat> perfect relationship, period. I think a relationship is work from the conception all the way to the end. Um, so, but you say what makes a good good relationship, I believe, is two people that are on the same page, which aka equally yoked and have an understanding. And when you have an understanding with your significant other, <clears throat> then when you guys argue and fight and have disagreements and do whatever those things are that could be considered, you know, turmoil, whatever in your relationship, you guys have understanding to work it out. That's why communication is so yeah. key. So there's no perfect relationship. There is no relationship that's like the pivotal, like, golden rainbow relationship. And I think it takes some people years and years and years and different experiences to realize that because that's what we typically as humans, we want. We want someone that we're not going to argue with, we're not going to fight with, that knows how to do this, that looks like this. We want, like, this perfect thing, and that's impossible. It doesn't exist. Exactly. We have to get to a place where we realize those things don't exist. We're living in La La Land. Why? Because of social media, because of TV, because of these things that we see. And we're like, 
well, why my man don't do that? Or why my girl don't do that? Or why, Preach. you know, I'm, I'm talking to you and you don't listen to me. Why don't you ever, like, it doesn't exist. Um, I definitely, sorry, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. No, yeah. I'm going to cut you off. Uh, go ahead, all right, go ahead. Um, coming from only um, non-Christian relationships, I think the thing that makes the relationship is 100% having God as your rock. You know, you pitch your life on top of that solid rock and you know that you're going to, sh- knowing that it's not perfect, knowing that you two are going to shake, that you're human, that he's going to go through something, that you're going to go through stuff, and that God needs to be at the center. And you need to know that um, to make a perfect relationship, I feel like the both of you have to love God more than the other person. And God has to be, like, I have to love God more than I love him. You know, and he has to love God more than he loves me, because without that, then we're idolizing each other. Um, and I think that's something we run into a lot in Christian relationships where we begin to idolize the other person and their calling mm. before we ever realize that God has a calling on our lives as well um, and that God is calling us to run together. And I think that I think and I believe in my heart that that is what a relationship is, is two people realizing that God created you and knitted you perfectly in his secret place and in me as well. And somehow we get the privilege of running together. Somehow we get the privilege of fighting together, and we're going to fight as well, but as long as we are built on solid rock, that is what defines us differently because it's not going to be perfect because that social media perfect boy out there doesn't exist. Um, I definitely agree. Um, <clears throat> I guess to, in my mind to wrap it up, what you guys were saying is, is what, what I pretty much feel is, I feel like, you know, to answer your question, I feel like what does make a relationship is we got to have two things. First, we got to understand grace. Um, we got to understand that you have to have grace. You know, the same grace that, that God shows us you know, you're going to marry somebody. God calls us his bride. You know, us as men, if we don't show our wives that same grace, the same grace that God shows us, you know, what does that say about our walk? What does that say about the truth about what we believe? And I think it also what we need to do is, you know, I think it's, it's sad. I, I know I'm always picking on young adults and I am one, but, you know, I just feel like the generation has lost the definition of love, you know. And I feel like, you know, the great thing about me being in, in church and the thing that I love about God is, is he taught me how to love first. And if we don't understand the concept of love, then we're not going to be in a good relationship. You know, it doesn't, because I think we, I agree with you, Fab, you know, we, we get in arguments or relationships and we think, oh, just because we argue, he doesn't love me, I don't love this person, we're not going to work out, nothing's going to happen. And that's not the case, is that there needs to be a, a step in of grace. You know, what are we arguing about? Okay, you know what? I understand. Even if I don't understand, let's try and find middle ground on this or let's pray about this together. Let's understand love. Love is patience. So if you're arguing with somebody, you can't express patience, then, then what does that say uh, about about your wall. What does it say about, about your true belief? I think we just need to look at the concept of the relationship we have with God and use that as an example in the relationships that we walk into today. Nothing's going to be perfect. Nothing's going to be like a relationship with God. God will forgive us a thousand times over. Us, we're human. You know, we're, we're going to, there's certain things that we're going to hold on to sometimes. There's, you're going to be mad at your wife for a week. You're going to be mad at your, your husband for a week. That's how it's going to go sometimes. But I think it all comes down to grace and love. And then with love, I feel like I feel like the reason we get love wrong, or not wrong, but I feel like the reason we look at love wrong is because we believe love is the good times. We believe that love is the, oh, we went to the movies. Oh, he took me. He took me to the theme park. Oh, we had a good time. Yeah, yeah he, 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 he bought me this. He, and, and that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's, and that's not love, you know. The true test of love is in the hard times. It's in the hardship. Is if, you know what, do you love me enough that if my job calls me and says, we can't have you here anymore, and, and you may have to support us, are you going to love me through that? It's not that I'm giving up, and we're not going to give up, but are you going to walk through this battle with me? That's love. God walks through all this with us. He doesn't, he doesn't forsake us, and that's where, that's where I get my concept of love from is because God, you know, God has walked through me. I always say this, God was walking with me when I was in clubs, trap houses. When I was really in the world, God was walking with me. And now that I'm not in the world, God is still walking with me. Yeah. That's love. That's true love for him to still walk with me in that. So, so that's just my, my point of view, though. That's good. Yeah, I just, uh, just, uh, just, that was really good. What you said was really good. Um, yeah, yeah I, was just, I was just posing all those questions and getting hyped just because um, I think that, like you said, we put up these conditions and we put up these these lists, and of course, there's 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 preferences, and like we said, there's 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 guidelines. You don't want to just marry anybody. You don't want to marry that somebody that doesn't have an ambition. If you were, if, as a woman, if you marry some, a man that doesn't have ambition, how are you guys going to elevate? You're going to carry the family. You see what I'm saying? So there's there's guidelines and everything like that. But I think when it comes to just these, like you said, those 50 point, 20 point lists, we're creating conditions for somebody to match up for our love. 
And what he just expressed was an unconditional love. So I think in a relationship, it's about love. It's about unconditional love. So there, there's not something that you can be to deserve my love. If I decide to be with you, you have my love. I give you my love voluntarily. It's not a conditional thing. So that's just the point I just, I just felt like I wanted to express. So I think you hit it right on the, on the nail. So, you know, I could, we, could get, we could talk on this all night because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, my next question would have been, is it possible for us humans to love unconditionally? But we could save that for the next conversation of yeah, some yeah. other podcast because <laughs> now I'm like, eyes wide open. Yeah, yeah, is um, that possible <laughs> through anything? Well, then it goes back to, is love a feeling or is love a choice? Is love a feeling or is love a choice? You know, we think like the flutters in our heart, like that's what love is. I mean, I could see a dog on the side of the street and be like, man, I really want to go buy a dog now, you know? But I think loving somebody is a choice. God chose to stay with you through those things. God chose to walk with me through um, drinking. God chose to walk with me through, you know, everything that I was doing. And that was God choosing to love me, you know, and choosing to show me love, you know? So can we do it? I think we can. I, cause I, I believe what, we can. I think first is like in a relationship, like it's my cheats on you. Mm. To unconditionally love them. I mean, for you some, for, for you give them grace. You you give them grace, but now, but for some people, like <laughs> we're, I'm not, I'm not called I to love you. you. Listen, <laughs> listen, I'm not called to love you more than I love myself. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like so what I'm what I'm saying is that if for me myself and I, if I know that I can't get over you cheating on me, I might still love you, but I might have to leave you. You understand what I'm saying? Oh. So there's there, there's love. I don't hate you. I'm not indifferent towards you. I have love for you. So my 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> I think there's steps there's, there's, to walk through in that one, but um I um yeah no you still love them, but I think there's steps. I think there's steps of like taking practical steps and looking at that. But in Hosea, he keeps saying to Hosea, "Go get her, go get her. She's sleeping on you. Go get her." But but God, Gomer is doing this. Go get her. I don't care. Go get her. 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 Because God has done the same exact thing for each and every one of us. Go get him. I'm going to go get him. I'm going to go get her because I love her because I'm choosing because I see more. Yeah, it's going to hurt like heck if that happens to me. If somebody, if my husband walks in and says, I cheated on you. Yes. But I think there's a point in time where you have to go back and you have to say, Okay, God, what do you want to do with this now? I definitely agree. Um, I want to touch on what you said first, Emma. I believe. Oh, I thought we were saving this for the next. We got to get um, it. We got to see, 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 Fab. We, we got topics. You, you asked this. Nah, I got to say this point. You asked this question. I had to. Yeah, I was trying, I had to I, I'm sorry. I, I guess to, I was one, trying to get y'all to want to listen one. to the next one, but I guess we could talk about it now. <laughs> one, yeah, yeah. No more questions after this. Thanks, Fab. You know what I'm Got us all involved now. But I definitely believe love is a choice. You choose to love somebody. Um, I was actually talking to Rev about this the other day. You choose to love them initially because the love isn't initially there. There's, a, there's an infatuation. You like that person. But when you, when you love somebody, that means that you're choosing to love them. As I said, you know, it's, a, it's a, how God portrays love is, is, you know, God chose to love us. He chose to create us. He chose to put us on this earth. He, Yo, God could have created a whole other civilization and another part of the whatever cosmos that he's made and all that. But he chose to say, you know what, I'm going to put my, my people on this earth and I'm going to love them unconditionally. I'm going to send my son a choice to die for their sins. So I always think that, that it's a choice. And I do think that, that, you're, that you're right. You know, it's funny, but it does suck. But, but yeah, there are situations that, that we're going to walk into in life. And there's, there's, there's married couples that, that we walk past, and you don't know the, the battles they've been through. You don't know that, that one of them may have stepped out. And, and I don't say, I'm not saying that you have to stay in that situation, but what I'm saying is you need to check the situation. If it's a reoccurring problem, of course, you need to walk away from that because there's no respect. So that means they're not choosing to love you. So that means hey, that there's... <laughs> good one. So, so, so there's that, but on the other aspect, if, this is a, if, if my wife wakes up one day and she's cheated on me, yes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cut deep. But I have to look at my wife and say, Why? Why did you feel like you had to do that? Yeah. Why did you feel like you had to step out? Is there something that I wasn't doing as a man to, to, to show you that I could fulfill that need for you? Well, yeah, and it's where she rooted in God, you know? And exactly. it's coming back to that. It's almost like a triangle, like God is on, no, you're at one end of the triangle, she's on the other end of the triangle, and God is in the center, and he's bringing you closer together, you know, making the triangle smaller. 
and it's where is she rooted in God, where are you rooted in God at that situation, and then it's um, there's no fear in love, you know, and knowing if you're bringing it to God, He's going to walk it out with you, that kind of thing. Like, it's going to suck, and I hope nobody really ever has to walk through that, but in those moments, it is a matter of grace, and it is a matter of bringing it to God's feet and fighting it for your family, because I've had friends whose dads have walked out, and by the power of God, they've walked back in. That's crazy. What? I'm going to end here because I feel like if we keep going on. Yeah, because I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I got some more. It's, it's, it's going to be real. But, but, but yeah, yeah. So, so this is the first one. This is the first podcast. This is the first Bible Not Loud. You know, we appreciate everybody that definitely took the time to listen, took the time to, to you know, to hear on our hearts, to, to hear what was on our hearts and to hear some of just kind of our views. Um, go ahead and feel free to, to submit your questions, submit any topics, anything that you're currently going through in life as a young adult, or even if you're not a young adult, anything that you're going through in life that you feel like you would love for us to touch bases on or to at least dis- discuss, to at least see a different view so maybe we can give you a different aspect to your situation. But again, thank you so much. You guys have a good rest of your weekday, weekend, whatever's going on. Yeah, yeah. Right. We out of here.